Welcome to the Success in South Carolina podcast, where we will be hearing the untold stories of success from some of the top achievers in our home state of South Carolina. These neighbors of ours will also share their time-tested personal philosophies and solutions to inspire us, educate us, and help us find peace, joy, and love, along with a purpose, a mission, and a vision for our lives. And I'm your host, Jonathan Peoples. Our guest today is a native to the upstate of South Carolina. He is the Assistant Commissioner of Conference Carolinas. For four years, he was the executive editor of Spurs and Feathers, which was the official publication of the University of South Carolina Gamecock Club. He played collegiate soccer at North Greenville, where he was a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. This guy knows sports, he knows teams, he knows leadership, and he knows success. And I'm thrilled to share his story and his wisdom with our listeners. Welcome to the show, my friend, Brian Hand. I'm excited to be here. Okay, to bring the audience up to speed here, Brian, uh, you and I went to high school together. Yep. Brian was one of the funniest people I knew back then. People say people may call it funny. Maybe people may say that I talk too much. It's somewhere in between that. So. Well, how did you how do you develop charisma and humor at such a young age, Brian? I, it's just it, you know some people may say defense mechanism, but like at the same time, <laughs> it, 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 you know it was it's just it's just who I am. I I, I truthfully it was funny. I was at lunch with our old athletic director at Southside Christian when we were there, Greg Mosley, who's now the women's volleyball coach at North Greenville. And he he brought it up and he said it. It was really cool. He said, you've always been relational. Yeah. And uh, and that's and I didn't know what that meant at 16, 17, 18, as we're alluding to. Uh, But like I know what that means now. And that's just who I am. I like to make people laugh. I like to try to find the humor and everything. And I also like to just try to get to know people. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very much the reason why they invented introverted extroverts. I'm very introverted naturally, but when I'm in front of people, I like to talk and have fun. Isn't that funny? Yeah. How the people think of introvert extrovert is the introvert is the guy who never talks, but yeah. that's not the case. No. Yeah. And, th- and that's the funny part. People that, uh, you know, my wife would tell you that at home, I'm sometimes it's like, hey, can you talk? Uh, but, you know, it's because I talk so much during the day, you know, when I'm at work or with and what I do for a living, there's a lot of talking involved. So sometimes I think it's just decompressing that takes that away. But I'm very much a, you know, I have friends, but I'm very much one of those people that likes my own time. And, you know, I'm one of those people that has no trouble going by themselves to a movie or doing something and just getting away and having fun with myself and doing different. You'll go by yourself to a movie, Brian? Not as not as much anymore. If I'm out of town or like, you know, like if my... I don't even like to go out to eat dinner by myself. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I used to do it quite a bit, you know, and a lot of times it's, a, you know, I have two kids too. So it's, a, you know, decompressing from all of that. <laughs> way to get away, get some yeah, silence. Yeah, way to get away and then, you know, you know, shut down for two hours. I look at it as a way to shut down for two hours and enjoy something. You know, it's like one yeah. of the places you can turn off your phone and then be like, hey, I'm not going to let anybody get in contact with me for a couple hours. And so, yeah, it was all, that's all. I, I don't do it as much, but I have no problem doing it. particularly when I'm on the road for work. I do that quite a bit because it allows me to kind of go do something else. So I'll, I'll go hang out with other people and then I may step aside and go see a movie too, just to kind of get away from everything. Yeah. You got to have some moments to decompress, right? Yeah, for, for real. And that movies of movies and music and sports, but sports is my life. Those have kind of been the three things that I've always kind of done those things with. Yeah. Your whole career has been kind of centered around sports. What draws you to sports, Brian? I just love it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's 
my life as a, you kind of asked a, you know, kind of a loaded question about the charisma and just being who I am and relational to start. You know, when I was a kid, the only thing that my parents could ever get me interested in was sports, particularly soccer at a young yeah. age. And I, we, we moved to Dallas from, you, you mentioned I was born in the upstate, but we moved to Dallas when I was six years old. And they, that was at the advent of Sports Center, ESPN. We didn't, they didn't have that in the upstate yet. At that time, I hated coming home for Christmas because there was no ESPN. But at that time, I would play soccer, watch ESPN all day. What the other, as I mentioned, maybe movies on the side. But since that time, I've just, you know, my dad would buy me game programs at South Carolina or whatever football game or basketball game I was at, and it just was always something that is still to this day. You know, I get, I've been, uh, you know, I don't say that I want to get out of the field, but you get, you get ideas where people are like, Hey, maybe you should go do this. And I, but I just don't know what I would do uh, without sports. Yeah. And you've, you've touched sports in a lot of different ways as a player, as a, a writer, as a broadcaster, uh, assistant commissioner, not, and that's probably just to name a few. You've probably gone through a lot of challenges throughout this, throughout this career. There's been ups and downs, valleys. Can you share your story with us a little bit, Brian? Yeah, I mean, I'll start kind of where I was just ending right there. It was, you know, when I, I mentioned my dad buying programs and kind of my parents kind of always trying to push me towards journalism and working in communications. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't necessarily, I was like, maybe I want to coach. Maybe I want to do this. I had four different majors before I came back to the one thing that I was probably always destined. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that how the, the best of us always do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, and I still graduate on time amazingly too, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I realized that, you know, the only thing that's probably going to make me happy is, uh, is doing this. I mean, we're in a field where, you know, the pay isn't very, very high. I mean, you get paid well, but, you know, it's not like some other fields, kind of a lot like teaching sure. or a lot like I always tell people, if there's something that, you know, a lot of times you're going to enjoy like working in music or working in sports or, you know, the pay may not be commiserate with it, but you're also going to have the ability to do what you love to the challenge part of that. The challenge part of getting into sports, much like those other things I was mentioning, is getting into sports. You have to do a ton uh, behind the scenes. You have to do, you know, I took on multiple internships. I did whatever, you know, I worked at the Greenville News while I was a student at North Greenville. And then also in between jobs, wherever I could just to network and also, you know, get, make money, but also get to know people. And and then I took a job in AAA baseball for an internship. I worked for a professional soccer team as an internship. But all of that eventually led to me being the youngest NCAA Division One SID in the country by the time I was 24 or 25. And, you know, and, you know, I was lucky, but the luck came with a lot of hard work behind the scenes to get there. Yeah, luck, just kind of being in the right place at the right time, being prepared, all that kind of stuff. How did you keep that? How did you keep that persistence and, and continue to push through when, uh, like you said, it takes a lot of effort to, to break into sports? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of that comes from sports itself. A lot of it comes from being a student athlete. You know, I, I've known nothing other than being around sports. You know, when you're, you know, when you're, you mentioned like high school, I'm going to school all day and then I'm going to soccer, you know, and then, and then I'm trying to get my studies in and then you're going back and doing the same thing the next day. You go to college, you're playing every day and you're going to class. How I do that today is I get my competitive spirit out through what I do. You know, I want to I want to win. You know, I want to be good. You know what that looks like. It depends on what we're doing. But I like to, you know, promote wherever I'm working. That's the way I look at things. And right now I'm at Conference Carolinas and 
I work with our assistant commissioner for communications and everybody else here at, at Conference Carolinas to put us in the best light plausible. And, you know, whatever that looks like, we want to make Conference Carolinas look great externally. And so that drive and competitive spirit is shown out in that every day. How do you push through the times when you say, yeah, I want to win, but there's times that you're losing. Yeah. How do you, how do you keep, get yourself back up and keep pushing forward? I, I think that, uh, you know, that's normal too. I mean, you want to lose sometimes you want, uh, you know, you want to be like, you want to see somebody do something better uh, than you did. And that's why, you know, ever it's funny. I, I coined what I just said, or I, I, other people I'm sure have said it a bunch, but with my, when I was in grad school in middle Tennessee, uh, you know, my professor asked me to, asked me to coin, uh, you know, what I would say, everything I wanted to do. And I told Dr. Jubaville, just put everything in the best light plausible. And I say plausible and not possible on purpose because plausible depends on where you are. Conference Carolinas isn't Clemson. Conference Carolinas isn't South Carolina. You have certain people looking at, but how do you place yourself and your institutions and the conference in the best light plausible within the framework of what you're working? So, you know, some people are going to do different things and, and, you know, they may be like, man, that's awesome. We should do this. But how do we work around that to build something special? So the competition actually makes you better. Everywhere you are. I, I mean, again, it's hard for me not to look at if anything is competition. Like, I, I mean, wherever you're working, if you're selling insurance, if you're selling, you know, if you're selling cars, you're competing. You know, if you're if you're on a podcast and you're trying to get other people to, uh, to listen to it, you're going against other podcasts. Everything in life is competition in some form, uh, you know, whether you know it or not. And so you don't need to look at it always like that. But when you're in a job, when you're in athletics, you're trying to win. If I'm at an institution, I'm doing everything I can every day to make that institution better. And, you know, working with the coach and working the admin to do that. And same thing at, at a uh, at a conference is like, how do we, our commissioner, uh, Chris Colvin, always says, you know, our jobs to fulfill, help our members fulfill their missions. That's our main thing every day. What are we doing every day to help do that? And so strategically, we we think in those ways and it sets us up. As you mentioned, sometimes it may not work out the right way, and sometimes it will. And sometimes it's in the middle. And the middle's good too. But how do you get to the top or how do you continue building? If you're resting on your law, I'll just use an example of an event. If you have an event and it goes incredibly well, that's awesome, right? But what do you want to do? You don't want to be like the next year people to go, hey, last year was awesome. You want them to say, hey, it got better this next year too, or Hey, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. You know, that means that you're building, you're getting better. You never want somebody to say, Hey, it was much better the year before that may happen. And it may be out of your circumstances, but you never want to rest on your laurels. Right. A lot of people read their, read their own clippings, their own headlines and kind of live on that instead of uh, just continuing to push forward. I love the Jim Rohn quote where he talks about, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Yeah, no doubt. It's a, you know, I had a boss, uh, Dr. B. Carlton, when I was at Presbyterian College, that always told everybody that we try to be perfect, but nobody's perfect. Only one person was perfect in this world ever. And only one person will ever be perfect in this world ever. And obviously, that's my Christian uh, beliefs. But at the same time, you know, I say that saying that you should strive for perfection, but you're never going to get there. So what do you do to try to get there? So does faith play a big part in what you do? 
A hundred percent. Everything I do, faith and family is, is huge in the hand household and just in everything that I do. I'm lucky to work at, in, a, in a conference where, you know, 12 of our 15 institutions are, are 13, actually 13 of our, 12, no, 12 of our 15, because a lot of people think Converse is a faith-based institution, but they're not. Um, but, uh, you know, very private, very, you know, they're, they're a lot like it, but it's not necessarily yeah. Based, based. Um, but, uh, you know, and so that's a cool thing because you can, I can live out my faith and people are going to be okay. I'm going to live out my faith wherever I'm working. I'm going to be that person uh, right. no matter what, but I'm also going to treat everybody with respect and let them be who they are because it's the workplace. I mean, that's why it doesn't mean you treat it. You don't treat people with respect just because you have a difference of opinion. It means that you treat everybody with respect, but my, you know, my drive and who I am would not be possible without, without God. Right, right. You can't eliminate your faith when you're talking to other people. You just have to be respectful of what other people decide to believe, too. And and you mentioned earlier that trying to be funny and relational. And, you know, one thing I always try to do and I strive for, and nobody's perfect with this either, is that I I try to treat everybody nice. Mm -hmm. You know, whether they treat me the same way back, it's just I'm going to be nice. You know, that's just who I am. I I actually get a lot of times people like get mad at me for not being mean sometimes, but it's like, but you can work through any, if something goes wrong, you can work, you can navigate through any situation. And again, things are going to happen where you're going to have to step in and say, yeah, this is, you know, we can't have this happen. But at the same time, how do you navigate that situation and, uh, and, and work through it for the betterment of everybody? And in the sports arena, how do you get, how do you move forward by always being nice? Because you still could, you can be really nice, but you can also be strategic. When you want to win, it doesn't mean you're not behind the scenes doing everything you can to push things forward. Just because somebody else isn't nice doesn't mean you can't be nice. It's the same thing. You, you can watch any sporting event. You know, there's one coach sometimes sitting down. There's one coach yelling and screaming the whole time. And neither are right or wrong. It's just different ways of going about it. So just because, you know, I, I try to be nice to everybody doesn't mean that behind the scenes, I'm not trying to work through it and trying to figure out a way to make it, it better or to make it work. Again, behind closed doors, sometimes conversations have to be had. But at the same time, you can do it in a civil manner. Nobody, I mean, we're all human beings. You don't have to treat people anything else than a human being, because I can promise you I'm never going to be doing anything to try to make anybody look bad. Yeah. Well, let's pivot here real quick, Brian. Obviously, the podcast is called Success in South Carolina. I want to know, how does Brian define success? There's another loaded question. I you, 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 you let off with leadership and different things. And it's kind of interesting, you know, at a conference office, you know, we're, you know, it's different. You're not necessarily like I've been at places where I've had a ton of employees working for me in a conference office. We have a commissioner and we're kind of all working for him and then we're working for our institution. So you don't get as much day-to-day leadership in that way, but you work through the leadership uh, of, of working with everybody. And it's even, it's kind of really unique in that way because it's kind of one collaboration uh, for the betterment. And it, and it always is that way wherever you work, but it's just a unique thing. So I, I say that to say that I think success is getting better every day. I've kind of said it a minute ago. I mean, if you're, if you're not working to get better, and again, we're all going to have to take days off. We're, we're all going to have to do different things. I mean, one of the things that makes me, if you, if my wife was on here, she would tell you that I like to work too much. And I do, I love to work, but it's because I love what I do. And sports are my passion, what we were talking about. And so a lot of times it's not me 
working. It's me living out my passion. And so I, you know, I want to see how we can be unique and do different things. And, uh, you know, and sometimes I, I pitch too many ideas, but, you know, it's, uh, it's trying to get better every day for that reason. So I think success is really just that, you know, if you're, if you're at your plateau and you're not trying to go up, then you're not advancing. I mean, there's business models, there's way books are written, you know, your crescendo in different ways. You can look at any model and they all say, hey, if you're getting to the end and that's where you want to stop, then then you're not in a good spot. Sports, particularly, everybody gets older. I'm 42 now, and uh, I I definitely uh, cannot compete anymore. So. Uh, you can compete just against a different crowd. Yeah, and even then I can't <laughs> compete at that level because I have multiple knee surgeries, multiple ankle surgeries. You know, I've added weight because of said things and, you know, and then also having too much fun probably when I was a kid. Uh, but at the same time... Uh, <laughs> But I, I say all that to say that it's just different. And that's the it's the same part. A day should be looked at it the same way that, you know, it's like if you're the day before was the best day you ever had. Hey, what can you do the next day today? Make that next day even better or either equal. So how about this then? If if getting better every day is success, what about the days that, man, today was not a good day. I went backwards today or or I'm going through a valley or or something like that in life. How do you not let that damage your self-image, Brian, because you're, obviously we're going to have days that aren't going to be better than yesterday. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And that is incredibly hard uh, and for anybody. I don't care who you are, whatever job uh, you're doing, we're all going to have bad days. I had one a couple weeks ago where, you know, like nobody else would have known it, but I had one where I felt like it was awful. And, you know, and, you know, I went home feeling really bad about myself and I didn't do anything wrong. It's just the way I felt like nobody externally or even internally knew anything that was going on. I was just like, hey, I thought that could have been better. I thought I could have done this. And, you know, so I think it's just that is look at Alabama football. They call it the process. You know, there's a there's a great book by Frosty Western, who was a, a division three football coach. It's called Make the Big Time Where You Are. And it goes back to, like I said, in the best light plausible. You, he called it the process road. The process road, and we were talking about examples of that kind of that going forward. You know, the inroad is not the goal. The process road is where you want to be. So having bad days is part of the process. I mean, let's be honest. Mm. I mean, you, you it's always going to be part of the process. I used Alabama. That process has led to a nice inroad with national championship, but it's also led to like this year where there were two losses. And, uh, you mm. know, and that's, and that is awful for Alabama. For South Carolina, where I'm a huge fan of, that would be an unbelievable year. And, uh, and you know, and that, but that's just the differences in the programs and the, and the expectations. But you want expectations. You want people to look at you and say, hey, I expect you to do something better than that. You don't want people to all you call you out for things, but you want those types of expectations. So it helps your self-image if you if you can understand and identify that even when I go backwards a day or two, or sometimes there are seasons of life where we go through our winter yeah. to realize that that's part of the process. It's a rebuilding process or it's it's getting me more character or strength or whatever. Is that right? That's the way I try to look at it. It doesn't mean that it's easy to try to do that. No. Yeah. Again, you you mentioned it right. You know, we have bad days and sometimes we have bad weeks and months and uh, sound like I'm doing a friend's theme song with, or even our year. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it, it's just, 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you, you you work through and you try to get better every day. But I mean, but again, I joke with that friend's line. That's why that's that's what that song's saying, that you're building yeah. and, you're, and you're working in friendships and all those things that you do. That's what made friends so successful is that it yeah. was about their struggles and it was about their, their great things as well. And there was a lot of in between. And that's what you want. Mm. And sometimes having people model that for you is what you need to see. So if you were given a TED talk, Brian, what are your what are your personal keys to success? Passion. Passion's number one. Drive and communication. Those to me are the three pillars that kind of like drives everything that you do. If you have passion for what you're doing, you're going to have drive. And if you have drive, you're going to communicate with people and be passionate about it to get across the message that you want to do, whether that is selling cars again, or if that is working in an athletics department, you know, you have to have something that is driving you. I mean, you have, you know, whatever that North star is for you, you got to drive and have the passion, uh, you know, to get there, but you also need people to communicate that message because I think, you know, again, I'm in communication, so I'm a little biased, but at the same time, that communications, even among those internally is key to everything that you've seen many companies die because of bad communications internally. And sometimes we don't find out till it's already dead. Right. But behind the scenes, if you're doing all that communication and being integrated, you know, I'm a big believer in IMC integrated marketing communication. If you tie everything into who you want to be, then, uh, you know, it makes you better in everything that you do. So help me understand, Brian, first of all, the difference between passion and drive. Just because you're passionate doesn't mean you're going to work hard. Uh, you know, I mean, like everybody so drive you know, is the actual work. Drive, the, the is, stuff the behind action, it. drive is the action. You got to have passion. Anybody can be passionate. I get calls all the time and I have for 20. I mean, I'm not fully 20 years in, but almost 20 years from people saying I love sports. And I'm always like, me too. That's awesome. That's great. Cool. What can you do? So yeah. you have a passion for something. So that's a perfect example. You have a passion for sports. You asked me, I had a passion for sports. I had a drive to work in sports. And I had the willingness to collaborate with people to work in communication to make it better. All of those things, when you put that together, make something special. And not just on my end. I mean, like, I'm just one person. Here is Commissioner Colvin with his vision leading the way at Conference Carolinas. But wherever I've worked, it's everybody collaborating. Because if you had one bad you know, one bad thought or somebody that's not willing to play by the rules, it can bring everything down. So you try to get everybody rowing the boat the right way, uh, you know, to use a PJ Fleck term at Minnesota football coach. If you have everybody rowing the boat the same way, then think good things are going to happen. Throughout my career, throughout my life, my passions have changed, right? Passion, passion this week, maybe passionate about something else next week. Oh. So do you do you keep passion in the driver's seat? Do you let it drive you where you go? Or do you just say, hey, you know what? I'm deciding where I'm going to go and I'm going to take my passions in the driver's seat. He's with me everywhere I go. For me, I have to have it in the driver's seat. I mean, that doesn't mean it's the same for I think I think that's a great point. Um, but I don't think for me, I have to have that passion is I want people, you know, I want people to say like, hey, I know Brian loves working at sports. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're always going to catch me on a day like we were talking about a minute ago where I'm going to be showing that perfectly because there's bad days or there's a lot of, sometimes you're just tired. Um, but at the, sure. same, at the same time, if you let passion lead the way, like 
going back to what I said a little while ago, you know, whether you flirt with jobs outside the industry or not in anything, the thing that keeps pulling me back here is that like if I went and sold, let's just say insurance, if I went and sold insurance, I may have fun, but I'm not passionate about that. You know, I mean, I would still be driven because I want to provide for my family because that'd be my number one responsibility. And I want to make sure that they're taken care of. But if I have that passion for me, for what I want to do, and there are people that are passionate about insurance. I'm not. I'm passionate about working in college athletic and everything that goes with it. And so I try to let that passion lead the way and guiding who I am. So the the passion is the the desire. Yeah. The drive is the drive is the work. Yep. And then the communication is collaboration with others. Is yeah, you can realize you can't you can't be successful on your own. You can't. You, you yeah. You're you're right. I call it communication. You call it collaboration. Whatever you whichever. I mean, they're almost intertwined in that in the way I'm using it right there. Those three things. I just feel like you can't, I mean, and there's nobody, everybody has a boss. Bill Gates has a boss. I mean, you know, whoever has a boss, everybody has a chair, I mean, a board chair or somebody else is calling the shots, even when they create something. That's just the way the world works. They may have more leeway than I do, but the more you collaborate together, the better uh, everything is. Take Conference Carolinas. We, we have a good group of people that work here in our office. We're not all best friends. We don't all see everything the same way every time, but we're going to work, you know, we're in college athletics, so it's a little different when I say this, but we're going to work collegiately to always make things work because that's what it is. We're colleagues, and the end goal is trying to make Conference Carolinas better. Again, it doesn't mean we're not going to have a bad day or we might not get frustrated with each other sometimes, but how do you navigate that? You asked me earlier about some of that kind of stuff. How, how are you strategic? If you're, if you're going through something, you don't know what's going on in anybody's life. So if you if you have that passion and you have the willingness to work together, then you're going to put yourself and this isn't proselytizing again. I'm going to have my moments where where I may be incredibly hard to work with, sometimes because I am so passionate and so driven that it may seem like I want too much or I want to do too much. And that's probably the case sometimes. Um, but it, it also means that I'm trying to make Conference Carolinas where I'm at right now better. And so I and so a lot of times people think that I may you know, that I may like want to take a lead on something because I'm trying to make myself look good. It's, it's the opposite most of the time. It's more that I'm like, hey, I don't want to make you have to do this, but it's my idea. I want to do it and I would love your help, but I don't want to make you do the work for something that I'm passionate about. And so let's work together to make it work. So any any uh, specific advice you'd give to somebody who's looking to, let's say we've got a listener looking to break into the sports industry, whether it be broadcasting or writing or uh, being a commissioner or coach, whatever it is, any advice you'd give to them? Yeah, I think number one, what I always say is get out there and get jobs, go out there, get internships, make, make it known. It's hard to say um, to everybody, hey, go do something for free. But sometimes you got to do something for free. You have to be willing to, particularly if you're in college or you're, or even if you're younger, I've had, you know, I've had people that, you know, just walked into my office one day. I had a guy at USC Aiken uh, that just walked into my office one day was selling insurance. And he's like, man, I'm not passionate about this. Again, it sounds like I'm bagging against insurance. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's complete, I'm not that's your only example today. <laughs> that's why I felt bad when I said that. Not because I, I have, again, I have many friends that love it, and yeah. and that is such a great job if you love it. But again, he just walked in my office one day and said, "Hey, what can I do? Is there anything I do?" I said, "I don't really have any money right now, but if you're willing to come around and do something, 
started coming around, helping out. He, uh, you know, started getting on broadcasts. He started doing different things, found out that he liked compliance and working on that and wanted to be in law school, wanted to tie that together, went on to do it, get law school, work, get graduate schools, work at a big, uh, big 12 school and and multiple ones. And he's just taking that passion and, you know, in a later part in life. But, you know, if you're a student, same thing, you know, go out there and volunteer at games, go, uh, go do whatever you can, because everything in life is networking. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are. So you have to meet this person to meet the next person. And like anybody can apply for a job, but who do you know that's going to help you get that? No, or even if you don't know that person, who do you know that they may know or that they have enough respect for behind the scenes that go, Hey, you know, Brian hand applied for this. Do you know him? I saw that you met him at this place. And if you're passionate, then they're going to say, Oh, what a great guy. They may say he may not be right for this, but he should do this. If you're willing to put in the work behind the scenes to give that internship to lead to the job that'll lead the next job, then it works out because at the end of the day, if you're looking for another job, once you get in the field, then things are not what you want. But if you're maybe somebody comes to you asking for a job, the majority of the jobs that I've had, a lot of them have been family moves, but, you know, but there's also been some that I got, somebody came to me and, you know, it was like, Hey, I think you'd be good for this. And, you know, you never thought about it. Like you mentioned spurs and feathers from the start. Somebody took me to lunch. I thought we were just going to lunch. And, uh, you know, it turned out to be something much bigger and better. And it was just something I couldn't as a lifelong Gamecock fan that I couldn't turn down. And it was an experience that I, you know, I'm forever thankful for uh, to this day. You just never know how life's going to work out. And again, we're talking through me. So I'm giving my life examples, but you just never know how life can work out. So if you're willing to put yourself out there, you may make the right person. You just don't even know it yet. Is editing something you even really enjoyed? I do enjoy editing. Actually. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm much better. Um, it's funny. You were talking about a lot of people wouldn't know that I'm incredibly anal, but I just, I know I don't give that off or even like, but even then, like, I'm not even the most anal in our office. I, it's funny. I'd always kind of been one of the most anals everywhere I've ever been, but we have somebody in our office here that is literally the most anal person I've ever met in a very, very good way. He is amazing. Um, so I, I don't mean that against him. I mean that like clap. You're awesome. This is, you're fantastic at that. But yeah, I, I, you know, I don't take pride in finding mistakes, but I do like trying to help people get it right and work through things. And in journalism, we call it this AP style. So you try to get it right in AP style. But yeah, no, I amazingly, you know, I do like editing. Spurs and Feathers was 32 pages a week. So I didn't like editing for 32 pages a week sometimes. But yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, writing. And, you know, like, for example, we'd have a football game you know, say it was a night game, you're getting home at two, three, and then I'm getting up at five and going and reading the whole thing one more time and having it into the print by 2 p.m. It, it, mm. You know, that when you're tired, that's not as fun, but you have to do it. But, you know, yeah. out, of the, out of the things you could do in life, I'd much rather edit something than in make an Excel spreadsheet. And I'm good at Excel, but I'd much rather edit something than, uh, than try to make things match up with sums in Excel. So if you had a magic wand, Brian, and you could give yourself any position in the sports industry, sports arena, what would that position be? You know, it's funny. My whole life has been preparing to try or my whole professional life. You know, the goal has always been to be an athletic director at a division two or division three institution. I don't have any ambition to be um, to work in the SEC or division one, even at at the level. I just, you know, I'm a former division two student athlete myself. And I just I really love uh, this level. You got passion there. 
Yeah, passion there. And, you know, I just because there's more more interaction with student student athletes, more, you know, different things. Not that you don't at that level. People think people overthink that the AD is not involved without it. Like an SEC school, I can tell you categorically from working with them that Ray Tanner is heavily involved with the student athletes and around at South Carolina. So you still have that. But, you know, it's probably just more daily um, if you're at a Division II institution. So that's kind of always been my goal. Everything that I've ever done, you know, even if it has been family moves that have led me other places, I've kind of been preparing for that, hoping that there's no magic wand to get that, to use your verbiage to get that job. You just never know how that's going to work out. But, you know, I love to do that, you know, but but I also go back and forth sometimes would I be passionate working in in soccer and media as well, like in the professional level? Those are kind of my two things. I still think to this day that, you know, I, I want to be an AD. But, you know, if if I feel like there's it's time for a change, the soccer side of things would probably be what I would do. But, I you know, I haven't got that itch. It's just whenever I answer those questions, it's those two things. I know that um, I know that those are kind of the things that make me who we are. I'm just hoping somebody gives me that they see this passion and they're willing to give me a chance to, you know, I'm not perfect and I have a lot of learning sure. to do, but willing to, I, w- I can promise that I would put in the work to make wherever I'm working a, a great and try to make it uh, sm- as smooth as possible. Well, that's where you talked about earlier where uh, preparation meets opportunity. That's what you call okay. luck, but you're, you're preparing for it right now. So kudos to you. And I hope that everything works out when it comes to that. Hopefully somebody hears this and goes, <laughs> you know what? We're looking for an AD yeah. right now. Let's talk to this Brian hand guy. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. I, I love where I'm working. Not to cut you off. I love where I'm working. I'm not necessarily looking, um, right. but, but at the same time, you know, if anything was to, was to happen, I, you know, I, I'd love for somebody to give me that opportunity one day, just because, I mean, you know, again, I feel like I, you know, as a, I'm different. I'll say this. I, I will expound on this one way. I was a student athlete. I've had all these jobs you mentioned, whether it's running a, you know, running a 18,000 issues a week publication. I've ran multiple communications department. I, you know, I've now worked at a conference office, uh, running external relations. Not a lot of people have had that kind of face time and, you know, done some of those things. I've also had a ton of employees at different places, you know, and and Mm. so it's, uh, you know, but, and again, and I'm in somewhere right now where I necessarily don't, but, you know, we work with a lot of people and have a lot of contractors, but it's, uh, I feel like I could do that. I feel like I'm probably even better suited for that than a lot of other things. But again, just working behind the scenes to try to see if some one day down the line, when, you know, somebody comes to me that that may work out. At least it's not selling insurance. And if insurance comes up, that uh, then I would be happy to to do that. Oh. If that, if that is uh, if that is God's plan for me, he probably will after this. <laughs> probably will be after this. Now, find that out next week. But no, oh. uh, but no. I again, I'm. I, there's everybody has something that you know sure. they like. Everybody, there's all of us that look at something man, I wish I didn't, I, I can't imagine doing that for a living. And that person in turn is looking at me like, and he works seven days a week. Uh, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, so let's, let's pivot here again, Brian. Tell us about Conference Carolinas. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Conference Carolinas is, is, is pretty special. I mean, you see kind of our taglines behind me and leading the way in champions and body, mind, and soul. That body, mind, and soul kind of ties into the a faith-based component, it, not solely faith-based schools in our league, but, you know, with body, mind, uh, that, that soul can mean 
many things to many different things. Really, you can look at it as a holistic approach that uh, we take. And I'm a big, whether it's Christian or not, I'm a big believer in holism and that all of those things, that educational plus what you do with your mind and your body ties into who you are. And, uh, you know, and that's what we try to do. We work with our institutions to, tr- to try to tell that story and also live that out daily. We have 15 uh, now. We just added two uh, member institutions in the past four months to put us up to 15 starting in 24, 25. We have we will have 29 sports, which is the most in NCAA Division II. Wow. So we have our hands full. But at the same time, you know, it, it's a lot of people working together uh, for, for greatness. And, uh, you know, and that's what I want to be a part of. And I, I think that's what makes Conference Carolina special. And where can people find you guys? Is it conferencecarolinas.com or where do they find y'all? Yeah, conferencecarolinas.com. Uh, we'll give you everything you need at Conf Carolinas. That's at Conf Carolinas on Instagram and Twitter. And then uh, just Conference Carolinas on Facebook, facebook.com slash Conference Carolinas, all one word. And, uh, you know, you can learn more than you ever uh, wanted to know. That's one of our passions. <laughs> really learn working. plenty. Yeah, we've really wanted to drive our social media over the last few years and really have. And same thing with the website. The website is, is always a one-stop shop. You can learn about all 15 of our member institutions, and you can also learn about everything uh, that we're doing daily and some of the great things and initiatives that our schools are doing. And where can people connect with you, Brian, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out to you? Uh, so the best for me is at bhan 5 on Twitter. I can't say that I'm the best at uh, looking at Twitter. Personally, I'm on there way too much for work. So I don't switch over to my uh, personal one a lot. But at Behan05 is kind of where they can get with me. And they can also, anybody can always email me at Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at conferencecarolinas.com. It's also under staff directory at conferencecarolinas.com. So anybody that ever wants to reach out or want to learn anything about sports or just if I can help them in any way, then I'm happy to do so. Yeah, if they're looking for an insurance salesman. If they need an insurance salesman, I'll, I'll point them in the right direction of the mini insurance salesman <laughs> that I know, and then I'll, oh. I'll be able to help. Well, the cool thing about working in athletics is you also meet a ton of those types of people because they work with you in partnerships, and yeah. they all work with them. We all went to tons of – Facebook connects a lot of that. You're like, oh, man, I do know somebody that does that. So, All right, listeners, let's get out there and make our world, our country, and our community a better place. When you succeed, we all succeed. And as always, this is a friendly reminder that the left lane is for passing. So speed up or move over.